a Lifetime original podcast. I don't think I ever got to a point while I was in New York where free food in an open bar did not excite me. So whether I wanted <laughs> to go to said industry event or not, I would go. I literally have a couple friends that would do this with me. We would go, mm-hmm. get the free food, get the free drink, say, oh, hi, how are you, da, 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 for two minutes, and then dip. And then we would actually go to dinner. Oh, I like that. You know, That's it's smart. like, so you're like pre-gaming a moment that you mm-hmm. actually want to be in. So then instead of going to the restaurant and paying for three drinks, you're only paying for one. You know, that's actually what I miss the most. The free stuff. Oh my gosh, I know. Hey y'all, welcome to The Table is Ours, the podcast where we talk about all things Black. That's Black sisterhood, Black music, and elevating Black voices. And I'm here with my lovely co-host, Kirby Dixon. Hey girl, hey! If Kirby were a black girl group, she would be TLC. I would knew TLC. you were gonna say TLC. How did she know? How did she know? I was, I was thinking dancing versus yeah. rapping. Right. Ah, I knew you were gonna say See, that. See, I don't even have to explain it because you just did it. Thank you. But that is why. You know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Okay that. with that. They're iconic. And they you know what? You know what's best about them? They, I think they, each of them, each of their like vibes is a pillar of who you are. I so, feel that, girl. Thank you. Them together is you. Thank you. I You're appreciate welcome. that. Okay. And y'all know who that is. That is my absolute favorite co-host, Miss mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amira Lawali. And mm-hmm. if Amira were a black girl group, she would be black. And the reason I'm saying you would I be black them. Is literally for one song and one song only. What song? And it's like, as if you ever gonna take me back. Oh, because I'm also thinking about it because it's like literally the end song of Bring It On. And I feel like Black is the epitome of the girl group that's kind of like, what man? You're not gonna get me ever again. I'm so much better without you. Mm-hmm. They're iconic. They can sing. Yes. Okay. They can dance, they can act, they're literally the multifaceted group that we didn't even know that we needed growing up, and I think you'll be black for that reason. I appreciate that. I see that. I mm-hmm. love them. I you see the them. energy and bring it on? Like, they I were know. just like, ugh. I stand them. Act, what acting? <laughs> what acting? This is my real life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But actually, we got something else to talk about Kirby, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. She's totally about to ask me these Go ahead, do it, girl. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You're so annoying. I hate this for me. A few episodes ago, the Kirby Dixon, my friend, Mm-mm. sprung on me Mm-mm. some very intimate questions. She flipped the she flipped the script, Mm-mm. and instead of like all the questions we ask other people, fine, Kiki, whatever, mm. she asked me on the spot. <laughs> Without any any warning. So here she go, guys. Dang it. It's her turn to be on the hot seat. Remember, Amira, when I told you that I can dish the shade, but I cannot take it myself? Yeah, I know. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> when you told me that, I was like, oh, damn, she's not going to like this. You know, in the spirit of friendship and, like, growing and being through therapy and knowing how to give friends, if there's a question that is too much or crossing your boundary, just say No. And I will completely move on. Okay. Like, I will not put you on the spot in a bad space. Okay. I respect that. I will think about that. Okay. What is the why behind doing all that you do? 
your day job, your DEI efforts, this podcast. Kirby works a lot, okay? Like, she's, <laughs> she does a lot. So what is your why? Oh, that's like a good question. That's a weighted question, though. I feel like it's hard because my why stems from, I think, the drive and the desire to be successful because of my parents and all that they've kind of put forth for me. But my why is also very much so driven by what I want to see for myself and other people who look like me. Like I have never had a blueprint of what it looks like to be in this industry. I have never been given a key to a door. (laughs) I think everything that I've done, I did it on my own. Like I have a really good support system and people who've always encouraged me and believed in me, but like everything that I've accomplished has been for me and done by me. And I think I do it so that somebody else who looks like you and I might have an easier way in to this industry and to like, I don't know, achieving their wildest dreams than I think you and I both had. So I think that's my why, but it evolves every year. Like it changes, it shifts and changes. (laughs) Ask me that in like six months and I promise you I'll have a different answer. But I think that's my why right now. And I think the DEI efforts I mean, we don't know anything different, right? We're black. We've always been black. We were born black. Um, And you fight for people who look like us. (laughs) Okay, let's go back 10 years. Oh. What advice would you give 21-year-old Kirby? This is such a hard question. Uh, My Libra self is not okay with these (laughs) one-answer situations. Um, Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, I think I would probably say just like, you are better than you give yourself credit for. Like literally just believe in your own instincts because nine times out of 10, they are in the right direction. I am such a self-doubter and like I think a self-deprecator. Mm-hmm. Even in the way that I talk to you, sometimes you can hear it. Like I'm very conscious and aware of it now, but I will always give you the negative before I give you the positive. Yep. And I'm trying to get better at it, but I don't think I really believed in myself as much as I should have (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. And I also think I feared a lot of my own success. Like just push that fear away, sis. Like lean into those creative moments, lean into those ideas, lean into those relationships that I think I was afraid of before. So I think I could have gotten to where I am now a lot sooner had I just given myself the credit that I deserved much earlier on in life and in career. I hear that. Yeah. I'm such a self-deprecator. It is not good. Do not learn from me. (laughs) When was the last time that you felt your most vulnerable? Ooh, most vulnerable. Um, this is gonna be sad. Um, probably, and you, you know, this probably when I lost my like friend Cherie to, um, a drunk driver in New Orleans, I think that was probably the most not in control of like my emotions that I could be between, and I mean, vulnerable as in, I mean, you saw me, I would be, I would go to work, I'll be crying. <laughs> um, whenever yeah. someone would ask me, how are you or whatever, I didn't care who you were. I had to talk about it. Um, yeah, probably that's the most vulnerable I've been in a really, really long time. Like I kind of like wear my emotions on my sleeve. Like when I'm having a bad day, you're going to know about it. But that was probably the toughest adult moment to date that I've had to go through especially around people that I didn't necessarily feel safe around like your coworkers, like and I feel you feel safe right but not to the point where you want to be crying hysterically in front of somebody um and I guess that actually takes me back to the why because like I'm at a point now where I can talk about it and not cry because I like Sheree is literally in everything that I do like I think about her so often it's insane the 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 
ways in which I feel her kind of moving, like working through me. Yeah. I just saw a diagram that I think speaks to what grief really is. And it was like, for some reason, we think of grief as this thing that gets smaller over time. But in reality, it's the same space. It's just the world around it grows. So it feels like it's still there. And no matter what size it is, it's just everything else around it grows. So you don't feel it as heavy Mm -hmm. each day, but it's still there. Yeah, I totally feel that. Even talking to guests that are from New Orleans, like I want to be like, oh my God, my friend was there and here, you know, like it's it's so, I'm like pulling back to try and um, connect it. But yeah, I think that's probably the most vulnerable I've been like the past five years. And I think the most vulnerable I've been as an adult so far um, is dealing with grief in a public way, but not wanting people to be let in. So that's probably it for me. (laughs) But I am very grateful for having you because I feel like I was able to be honest with you. Yeah, I hear that. Um, Okay, what is your love language? Oh, okay. Because I I truly believe these channel not just for relationships. Like, it's platonic. It's romantic. Yeah. The Libra in me wants to say all of them. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think the top ones are definitely, like, acts of service. I I, I want a love language to be listening. Like, people that listen and, like, bring up things that I've mentioned before, like, even the smallest of details, like, "Mm, chef's kiss for me. Um, But I think it's acts of service. So people who do things for you without even asking or like you not even knowing need it to be done. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Words of affirmation, not in like a vain way, but I appreciate people who can remind me of, I guess like my power, like when I'm doing things well. I love words of affirmation. Because I'm such a self-deprecator, sometimes I forget to think about the positive (laughs) and sit in the negative. So words of affirmation are really great to me. I think those are my top two. Gift giving. Gift giving. No. Quality time. I love to give gifts. I don't yeah. need to receive them, but I'll take them if you give them to me. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and um, the last one you just said. Quality time. Quality time. I love spending time with people yeah. that I enjoy. I'm like very much the only child and I reset by being by myself. But if I like you, I love spending time with you. Whether that be like my friends or like a romantic relationship. I love being around people that I enjoy. Good I basically said all of them. <laughs> Yeah, in the Libra way. But, 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 but I will say, yeah, probably acts of service and words of affirmation. But you can keep giving me gifts, girl. I appreciate it. (laughs) My, my love language is gift giving and receiving gifts. And actually you said it a few weeks ago and I was like, oh, I do this in my friendships too. Like you reminded me. Yes. It's bad, but like my lowest is quality time and stuff. So my best way to show that I'm happy with someone is like to celebrate their moments with gifts. That is absolutely you. If you know me, you know that that's what it means when I do that, even if I don't send a message. But if you don't know me, you could take it as something very shallow. But it's just like, I want you to know that I've celebrated your moment from afar. Yes. I love that about you. (laughs) Okay. What is one thing that many people don't know about you that would surprise them? Hmm. Um... I'm not that confident. Very much so. I have to hype myself up to walk into rooms by myself. I have to hype myself up to uh, like put on a brave face in certain scenarios. I'm like very shy. (laughs) Um, If you ask myself, I am a very shy person and not as confident as I think I come off as. Child, if y'all could only see the mental baseball that happens in my head when I'm trying to like walk into a room or walk into a party or walk into a meeting. Um, Actually works the easy part. Like I feel like I'm confident at work, but like in my actual life, I'm not as confident as I feel like I come off as. Yeah. I think that would surprise a lot of people because 
For people listening home, Kirby's literally the life of the party. <laughs> and it's not just what I think. It's like when I talk about her in other spaces, like friends who might know her. They're always like, oh, yeah, that girl that was like talking to everybody and bringing the energy up and loving mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. That is how she's described by people who don't know her. Mm-hmm. I think it, that definitely surprises people. I think because... I like to have a good time. But I think a part of that probably comes from awkwardness. Like, I don't like mm-hmm. people to feel weird in rooms. I don't want people to be like mm-hmm. uncomfortable or awkward. So I'll pull the band-aid off, sure, but it takes a lot for me to get that way. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Last question for you is what we, what we dish out to all of our guests every single week. My Black is iconic because. Oh, the hardest question that I think we ask every week. My black is iconic because I was literally destined for greatness after being conceived by my beautiful mother and my handsome father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do not have a choice but to live in my purpose and to live in my purpose well because of the incredible people that came before me. So my black is iconic because... I was destined to be great from the moment I was born. That was good for being on the cuff, girl. That was very Thank good. Thank you. That's good. People are gonna be like, "Who is this cocky girl?" No, y'all. You, if I do not, no believe one's it, gonna say that. I need to say it to believe it and see it. So I appreciate that question. That is a hard question, girl. I never realized how hard it could be when we give it to people. I know. Well, thank you for playing my game, girl. <laughs> thank you, Oprah. <laughs> I mean, I'm on Oprah shit sometimes. <laughs> I appreciate you for asking the hard question. You're welcome. Speaking of black being iconic, we have one of the most iconic, iconic. And when I say iconic, I genuinely mean it because I go back to the very first draft of this podcast. Yes. And she was the inspiration. Yes, she was on the cover. Yes. The cover. Talk about it. The most iconic guest we have. Who do we have this week, Kirby? Let them know. We have Miss Kelly Rowland. Amira, <laughs> not only have we had one child of destiny, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we are now at a count of two. Two. Two we children are of destiny. Destined. Okay. We have the majority. Beyonce, are you listening? Because... <laughs> You, a sign. you have to close out the trifecta. Like, it is only... It's destined. Right. Yo, Kelly Rowland pulled up a seat she did. to our table. Honestly, Kelly pulled up a couch, okay? Mm-hmm. She pulled up a beanbag chair, and she sat down with us and had the ultimate sister girl chat. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe it. Like, pinch me. This can't be real. Pinch me. We it sat just... down with Kelly Rowland, I know. I know. Okay, every time I think about that, I just... Damn, girl, we did that because how manifestation works. How do we go from making a PowerPoint deck and pitching mm. her 
as the core of this podcast. You know, you pitch yeah. your your dream guest, and that dream is a reality, baby. Yep. Wow. Jeezy happening, guys. I just had chills come down my body. I know. <laughs> but Kelly was a real sis, okay? Also, can we just talk about her skin first and foremost? Like, she just glows. Even on this terrible Zoom lighting, in this digital world, she just glows. Stunning. It's not fair, but okay. Stunning. <laughs> we still Wait. love you, sis. We love her so much. <laughs> you slayed us on that Zoom, but we love you. <laughs> we talked to her about yeah. sisterhood, which is one of our favorite things, our favorite pillars here. Mm-hmm. Knowing when to invite people in and knowing when to let them go. And she showed us confidence in how to love our black and brown skin and be our beautiful selves. She sure did. Y'all, I will run down this bio for you guys and for you guys only. But Miss mm-hmm. Kelly Rowland is an American singer and mm-hmm. actress and executive producer mm-hmm. who rose to fame as a member of the top-selling multi-Grammy award-winning group Destiny's Child. Yes. But aside from being an international girl group fame, Kelly's got her own, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's released top-charting solo albums, Simply Deep, Miss Kelly, and Here I Am. And as if that was not enough, y'all, Kelly is also the star and executive producer of her newest Lifetime film, Merry Little Christmas Baby, which aired over the holiday break on November 27th. This film completes the trilogy, y'all. Not one, not two, but three movies following the little family from love, marriage, and now to a new bundle of joy. And if you missed the premiere, don't worry, y'all. You can catch it again wherever you get your Lifetime movies. But y'all, say her name, say her name. Miss Kelly Rowland, let's get into it. Hello. Hello. How are you, ladies? We're so So good. good. We're trying to keep it calm right now. You know what will help if we're just honest with this? So we're going to be honest before we even start. This podcast started a few years ago, Kirby and I, and we were envisioning a podcast to honor our black icons, okay? Mm -hmm. I went back to our very, very first deck. deck. Yes. (laughs) Our deck like three years ago, and we made our like prototype episode with you in mind. Mm -hmm. So this is very full Mm -hmm. circle for us. This is dope. Okay, I'm this loving that. Full circle. Yes, this is the energy. I literally been walking around the house like I told y'all we was gonna bump like this. <laughs> Kelly's at the table, so we bump like this. This is literally what I've been renditioning in my head all week. <laughs> oh, well, you just made my day. So thank you. Thank you. So welcome to the table, ours. We are so excited to have you. We like to start every single episode with the same question, mm-hmm. and that is, what is something that has brought you joy this week? Whew. Something that has brought me joy this week is oh, talking to my kids. Yeah. Yes. And um, right now, my, I mean, he'll be 10 months in four days, but my 10 month old Noah is just like kind of getting into everything right now. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'm, I'm actually filming. Um, so the boys are home and um, I don't, get a chance to like you know be with them but what they were doing and how they were interacting with each other just brought me so much joy because I knew how happy Titan was to play with his baby brother yeah, yeah. and just like watching him and watching him and Noah interact is oh, just, oh. <laughs> oh it just made my heart explode oh my god because they're both so happy to be in each other's life 
Oh my God. I think it's probably so special to see your firstborn become a big brother, big sister to a younger kid. I can't even imagine what that feels like. <laughs> when I brought <laughs> baby home, I just saw Titan like a little puppy. He just kept Aww. like, and then it's open and I, I, I came in and then his dad took the baby and he <laughs> down to his height and he's like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I can't even contain my excitement. <laughs> he couldn't take all the excitement. So then we like, we um, sit him down. And when I saw Titan look at Noah, I had the ugly emotional crowd like, oh. <laughs> cried so hard and I was like mm -hmm. oh this is like you know you only dream of this kind of stuff when you're younger oh, right. that's beautiful the fact that it was right in front of me I was just I think it was the overwhelming sense of like gratitude it was so much and I'm so so grateful that is beautiful oh because when my mom brought me home me and my older sister <laughs> seven years apart my older sister beat me up so much that my mom sent her away for the summer <laughs> to our cousin oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and we are so close now, but I will never let her live that down that she had to be sent away because she was so mean to me. So that is beautiful. <laughs> like it took us a few years. We're besties now. That's where your knuck if you buck energy comes from. Amira. It does because I, I was I was literally fight or flight from birth. <laughs> you didn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But Kelly, family is something that is so important to Amira and I as well, as you can tell, whether that be biological or chosen family, which is more important at times, right? They don't have a choice. We chose them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we know you are from Atlanta, but relocated to Houston. And that's where you met the Knowles family. I know, another H-Town in the building. Can you talk to us a bit about what it was like kind of navigating those two households and how important family was for you growing up? Well, I mean, because my mom, she was a nanny and it moved her from Atlanta to Houston. Mm -hmm. So the dynamic of family, you know, and being from Atlanta and then us making the way to Houston was definitely big for me as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what to expect. Honestly, thought Texas was the place where everybody would Road cowboy, uh, cowboy. Yeah. Well, they do ride cowboys, but um, <laughs> ride. Uh, <laughs> but they, you know, ride horses, and there's cowboys and cowboy boots and this and that. Mm -hmm. And I got there, it's like great progressive city, and you know, I saw, you know, so much. Uh, but I still had needed this sense of family, and I did, of course, meet the the family, and. Um, you know, my BB and I became like sisters, Solange and I like sisters and mm. Angie's my big sister. So it's like, we're a whole crew, you know what I yeah. mean? But I still have my family here in the A. You know, I, I'm grateful to have family in both places, you know what I mean? And feel mm -hmm. grounded, get that love and sense of, of love in both places. H-Town and of course, Atlanta. I'm a Southern girl to my heart, mm -hmm. yeah. I was gonna say two very prideful cities. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So we feel like we kind of watched you grow up in the spotlight, right? And we can only imagine the amount of pressure that comes with that, whether it's like self-esteem or self-confidence. And I was reflecting on it yesterday. Like I, people always ask me like if I was ever insecure about like, being like darker skin, if that ever came up. And I, mm -hmm. I know that's a theme for other people, but for me, I was obsessed with my big sister who has beautiful dark skin. So I thought it was beautiful, okay? Mm -hmm. I was yeah. like, I just want, I want to be like her. I felt safe that way. Growing mm -hmm. up in the spotlight, did it ever make you question your darker skin or your self-identity, your self-esteem? Um, I think that society made me do it. You know what mm. I mean? It wasn't anything like that. It was more so I didn't see enough of women who looked like me who were having all these huge opportunities. 
mean, it's a blessing that this generation, you know, gets to see more women of a darker complexion attain so much, whether that's with this incredible L'Oreal ad, you know what I yep. mean? We ain't see that in the 90s. Not at all. You know what I mean? We got doses of it. We got like, I'm obsessed with the 90s and um, <laughs> models and everything. So yeah. that's where I actually started to see myself. The first time was um, Naomi Campbell to uh, mm -hmm. uh, Beverly Johnson, uh, Janet Jackson, when she did mm -hmm. Love Will Never Do Without You. I'll never forget seeing that video for the first time. Whitney Houston, seeing those women, I was like, oh, wow, we look the same. Yeah. And I started to see myself and I knew that it was attainable from just watching those women do it. Was it enough of them doing it? No. No. They yeah. given as much opportunity to some of the white models or white counterparts? Maybe no, but it's happening now. And it's beautiful mm -hmm. that it's happening now because, you know, now you have kids are able to see themselves and hear stories of themselves through shows like Karma's World. Yeah. Yeah. So grateful to Ludacris for that. Like, I'm so so excited because you know i needed that yeah i don't know if you guys have seen it but the way they are pinpointing these stories for beautiful girls young girls of color they are mm -hmm. on it. he is on it he caught one and i'm so happy for him oh That's my amazing. god i mean mm -hmm. it's so crazy because representation is and has always been important i think it's so funny now that like representation and diversity and equity and inclusion feels like a buzzword now, but it has always been something that should have been noted from the very beginning, right? You can't be what you can't see. Yeah. Um, I truly believe that. And that's literally the reason why we created this podcast is that we wanted our black faves, people like you to see that we care as a network <laughs> and as two young black girls in this industry we want to have the conversation with you and pull from all of the knowledge that you have had and experienced throughout your life but speaking of not seeing necessarily someone who looked like you growing up until you saw these music videos and these icons what was it like seeing kind of and being included in Beyonce's brown skin girl video like when we first watched that mm -hmm. we cried I cried between you Naomi Lupita like it was just something that we had not seen before. What was your first reaction when you heard the song and being in the video with all of those greats? Oh my God. I mean, I, I heard the song and I was just like, God, dog, this is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and then too, it was, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I've, I've loved Naomi since the first time I've seen her. Um, and to share any space with her, whether it's a brief conversation or in a video or just us all celebrating each other in this beautiful moment. Um, the shades of black women, that yeah. is so important. I, I mean, when I did coffee, that was something that was important to me. When we're standing there as a pyramid, mm -hmm. that signified so much, it's us being supportive. Yes. Us celebrating each other as, you know what I mean? And all the shades that we are and how like we don't have to compare because I see us all as a garden. Yeah. Yeah. You are a rose. You are a, uh, it's funny how I think that society sometimes tells women, well, no, we'll just take this rose and we just want the rose. Yeah, and exactly. That's bull crap. And it was a narrative that we've heard for so long and it no longer exists it, or, or it doesn't need to exist. And I think that sometimes it tries to play its way back in, but it's really time to keep that like, in the back somewhere. It doesn't 
along moving forward. And we have to remind each other of that because I mean, no one is like me. Yeah. No one is like you and the world will be boring if we were all the same. So I love that I'm just me and it's just, just, just me. Yeah. And I bet you if I asked all of us what our favorite flowers are, they will be completely different. So yes, <laughs> when you put the garden together, it's so dynamic and beautiful. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love black women. I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> just, I just had to sit in that for a second. So this is probably the only time in my work day where I could say that openly in a meeting, but I, I love black women and I know y'all understand that. Like it's mm-hmm. just, I do. I do. it's I a get- thing. Yeah. <laughs> So last season, we had the pleasure of speaking to one of your sisters, Michelle Williams. It was great. It was such a good girl chat. Like the power of sisterhood, right? Mm -hmm. And at its core, that is how this started. I have a sisterhood with Kirby that's like unbreakable. Like that is the root of this podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's like the only thing we want to protect. I love girls, girls. Like I love seeing girls who have like really good friendships. And I'll be honest, I don't trust people who say they don't have girlfriends. I'm always like, wee, wee, wee." red alarm. (laughs) (laughs) Red flags popping all the way out. Yeah. (laughs) But we've seen you through the years root yourself in so many female friendships and black female friendships. What does black female friendship and sisterhood mean to you? And how has that helped you through your journey of life? Oh my God. I think it is solidified and fortified in strength. I think it's a great amount of humility there as well when it's a really good friendship because you know that you have someone there who's going to be honest and keep it real with you. Um, Tell you about yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think we have a gift actually Mm -hmm. as women um, to say something with soul. That's why we have to be so careful at what we say because it has so much depth to it, no matter what we say. So when we Mm -hmm. say someone and it does have goodness behind it we're actually pouring into someone so think about what it does when it's negative you know what Mm -hmm. i mean pouring into someone but how does that take how does it root and take form when that person grows up with something and you've instilled something that's negative in them that doesn't bear good fruit right it's rotten and what does that do to your soul so what we tell each other and what we express to each other especially when they're words of affirmation and positivity and like we're pouring into each other it should only be from like a i gotta tell you this and i want to tell you this because because you want to see them bear this great fruit mm-hmm. i think that's special because Something that I didn't actually realize when you talk about sisterhood is language. And when I have someone that feels like family or feels like a friend, right? Like, Kelly, I'm going to say you, Amira, you. I don't feel the need to be like, no offense or don't take this yeah. the wrong way. Or, you know, those those ad libs that we feel have to be very cautious about when we're talking to someone that doesn't feel like a sacred space. So sisterhood and, and friendship really does feel that important. But what I will say is that as I've gotten older, it's been really important to me to like learn how to speak to my friends in the way that they can receive it. Cause I am a, I'm a Capra queen. Okay. I'm very forward. <laughs> I am very clean cut, but I was like, people have feelings. Yeah. I may not find that hurtful, but like <laughs> my friends find that hurtful. So like, I feel like so good in my friendships now, but it took me years to be like, Oh, we all receive things differently. Yeah. Oh, I love her as a sister. I should probably give her the tough love she needed in the way that she wants it. And that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and and timing is everything. Because I think that what's so sweet about friendships, 
or just relationships period is every year they shift and they do something different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's been times in um, my friendships where it's been like, we need, we need some time apart. I feel like, I feel like we need yeah. to, you know what I mean? And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And come back together and it's even stronger than ever. So, mm-hmm. or I have friends who like, we haven't talked in a couple months and we get back on the phone and it's just like, Ooh, like we pick up right where we like left nothing. off. So yeah. I, I am, I am very aware of where all of my friendships are and like how we move and grow from there. Because if we're not, if I'm not helping you grow, then you maybe you do need some space. You know what I mean? Or if you're not helping me grow, then like I probably have to go through something or whatever. You know what I mean? I just feel like sometimes if that happens and there's still love there, there's still, you know, a space there, of course, for you, but something else is taking place and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Kelly, how did you remain kind of rooted in friendships as you navigated the music industry because sometimes it can feel so surface level at least from our perspective not being in the club right we're outside of the club (laughs) (laughs) but but what kind of attributes do you look for when you're kind of letting someone new in to your space you know it's funny I I remember I told God I was like yo man this is enough (laughs) I'm done like I, I remember after I met um Sierra and Sierra and I became really close. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's enough. I don't, it's enough. And then <laughs> yeah. another woman into my life and we became um, friends uh, through just being mothers. Our kids like adore each other. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. really? That's God, we good. I'm like, oh my God, this is birthdays. Okay, what are you going to do? And I'm going to, okay. It's so- How many Christmas gifts do I need to buy again? <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, I, I like to make sure that, that I have space and you know what I mean? It's like space with my heart and my mind and my soul for all of my friendships so mm-hmm. that it's fair. Like we're enjoying it. You know what yeah. I mean? Female friendships mean everything to me. Everything mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I'm inspired by women all the time. And if yeah. we're doing a conversation, you best believe like once we're finished with this conversation, something is going to be written down. I always get mm. some gem- Oh, I love that. And I'm so grateful for that. Like I actually should have started a book of that. Just write down what they gave me, their name and the year that maybe they said it or something like that. Because I feel like that's how much we are to each other. You know what I mean? It's how your cup remains full. Yeah. Yeah. When we come back, Kelly talks about the secret to long lasting friendships and knowing when to let others go. You won't want to miss this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So you touched on this a bit earlier. And as we continue to grow, you mentioned we have friends for different portions. Like it's different pillars of our life, right? So whether it's school and dating or marriage and motherhood, how have you worked through the conversations of your friendships evolving? And if you do need to check out a friendship, what does that conversation look like? Um, 
I think that it's being honest and I think that it's um, saying how you feel. Yeah, if you're, if you're not honest about however it is that you're feeling, like it's it's actually going to backfire. If I'm not saying anything, then it's only so much that my cup can take. And then when it's running over, I'm no longer of value as a friend. Because oh, yeah. then I held everything in. And then when it erupts, the wrong is going to come out. <laughs> it gets ugly. Yeah. It gets yeah. bad. Really fast. So I think that when there's something there, it's a matter, like I said, of, of, of leading with love and mm-hmm. knowing how to say it, like you ladies said as well. So it's mm-hmm. just keep communication open so that we are being real and authentic. Yeah. I kind of want to ask you a similar question that we had asked Michelle last season. Yeah. And it yeah. is about this sisterhood that you, Michelle, and Beyonce have with one another what that means to you and how it's evolved over the years Michelle at the time actually was telling us she was like yeah I was just talking to Kelly we was she was making a stew and she was cooking and we were sharing recipes and things like that like uh what has that relationship kind of meant for you throughout the years and how has that continued to evolve it's so beautiful how it continues to evolve we see it Kelly we see it oh my God, you have, you have no idea. Like they are like my heart walking. They, oh, they, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I thought that I could only feel like that about my, like my kids, you know what I mean? But the richer our friendship becomes, the things that we talk about and the, the trust and whew. Yes, uh, the it's, trust. It's like, we, we've been knowing each other before husbands, before kids, like that's mm-hmm. is what I mean, like before life, you know, and um, I, yeah, man. Yeah. I could feel, I, I, it makes me so happy feeling how happy you are about that sisterhood. Like oh, I, yeah. I love sister, I love black sisterhood so much. It's probably one of the biggest pillars of my life. So I feel it. Yeah. I feel it giving me a little chills. So. <laughs> Agreed. And I, I'm I'm an only child, so I literally am rooted in my friendships and my sisterhoods outside yeah. of <laughs> biological because <laughs> I don't have them. So I yeah. appreciate you sharing that because, yeah, I mean, like when life be life in to have someone that you can trust and have been able to trust for decades yeah, that's see? special. You hold on to that. Yeah. I, I, I can't even believe that we've been knowing each other. I mean, me and B specifically since we were eight, nine years old. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Like that's so wild to me. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Your child is eight. In my oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean, no, 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 no. She's going to be, oh my God. Two digits back there. What are we going to do? <laughs> Like, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. You know what I mean? That's just, yeah. And I mean, with Michelle, Michelle knows what I'm thinking before I say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember the first time that happened, I was like, wait, what? You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, this is like a divine connection. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, connection is divine, it's bigger than you. And that, just blows my mind. <laughs> right. That's right. mind blowing for me. You know, that's I'm I'm like, oh, this is bigger than us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, yeah. <laughs> one of my biggest heartbreaks ever was a friendship breakup. 
Like it was a like a sister breakup. Those hurt. Yeah, they hurt in any type of romantic breakup. I don't what it, no man has ever <laughs> made me feel the way an ex-best friend has made me feel. But I knew it was time to end that relationship. Like you just know when it's over and you know when you should move on and it's painful and I feel like you mourn way longer. But when do you know when a relationship isn't serving you anymore? Like what are the signs that you've picked up on that you're like this is just not this is not working, period. I think when you have two completely different perspectives on everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, You have two different perspectives on everything and you're literally looking at the phone or you're, you know, looking at pictures and you're like, how did this get here? Yeah. Did I see this coming? Why did it have to come? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's so many questions that you have because you're like, well, no, no, we're, this is forever. Like we have the chains and everything. We're good. Yeah. Or tattoos and everything. We're good. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's like, it's the agony of it too. Like, no, you know, it's, oh. Yeah. No. Cause you feel like you can't let go. No. Like you, do, you can't. can't, like it's just, you know what it is though? You go into like a romantic relationship being like, oh, 50-50 may work. I hope it works. I but hope. if it doesn't, it's dating. <laughs> I never go into a best friendship thinking that we're never going to be best friends again. I'm like, this is my yeah. girl for life. Yeah. Right. Yes. No, I don't want anybody to experience that. It really sucks. That's why it's, it's so unfortunate when uh, women say, no, I don't have girlfriends. I'm like, why? You're right. <laughs> It's the first question is, well, why? Suspect. Right. But I you don't, don't know I, what you're missing. Yeah, but I also don't necessarily sometimes feel like it's them as much as it's like, well, who let you down? Or who, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that. And then it's an opportunity for you to be an example. Yeah. And sometimes you're there for a season to be an example, and that's okay, too. See, you're more trusting than me. <laughs> it's that seasonal conversation. Like some people are here for seasons and some people are here for a lifetime. Yeah. No pun intended, but maybe pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Kirby. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm so proud of you. That was very good. What? I caught it very late. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of this, and I literally, I think we could have this conversation forever and ever and ever that's how much sisterhood and family and friendship means to us. But we do want to talk about your film, your upcoming mm-hmm. film on Lifetime. We normally like to say welcome to the family, but you're already a part of the family. You've so. been here. <laughs> you've been, been here. here for a while. I, I feel like I've been here. So you, You've been here. You've been here. But now this is your third installment with Merry Little Christmas Baby. I also want to, did you come up with the title? No. I actually didn't. Um, the whole idea was my idea because it was something that actually happened to me and my husband and, and our family. But um, yeah, no, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but tell us what we can expect. What's it all about? What do we have to look forward to? And what was it like to executive produce it too? Mm-hmm. I love executive producing it. And this year I, I had a really great um, executive producing partner, Loretha Jones, who's been in the game for so long. And she's such a smart, brilliant, secure, um, just experienced black woman who just loved the whole time because she's been an executive producer. She's been a director. She's been in this industry for so long. And she was literally just like a well of knowledge. 
and her her knowledge and wealth and the fact that she wanted to share it just I was so mm. grateful and I'm still so grateful to her and um, the fact that we got to share this uh, space together and we have a black director, um, Kelly, who was absolutely incredible and a full black cast, you know. Um, wow. We love that. We love to see it <laughs> on screen, behind the scenes. <laughs> and um, it was, it was uh, <laughs> the bond I feel like that we've been able to have and to continue to connect over the years it's just gotten stronger, you know, and the first mm-hmm. one is first love, you know, the second one's then comes marriage. And now here's Jackie with a baby, you know, and yeah. um, the dynamic behind the baby and how life takes place is really incredible. And all the dynamics of, in the movie of how life takes place and, um, you know, the bond between Jackie and Tyler, the bond between Jackie and her sisters and the bond between the mother and the bond between Jackie and the father. Like it's so many things that are such a great stories. I feel like the stories have gotten even better this year, which I'm really proud of. Um, and they're just so, it's so warm. This family is so warm and so necessary. And it's necessary to see this family on television. Yes, yes, it. it is. Yes. And as a mom, how is it playing the role of your character through her journey of motherhood? Were there any like personal anecdotes that you added and you're like, I went through this, I want her to go through this? Some some stuff. I mean, the waddle was real because I had <laughs> a silicone belly on and um, that was crazy because I'm just like waddling the whole time. And like sometimes on set, Thomas goes, yo, man, that looks real. And I was like, it's okay. And I, it's okay. And I take my hand and just go like this and like just smush the belly. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, um, just like our funny moments, like with, with my sisters, like, you know, I had Grisha and Latanya there. I'm just so grateful for these women. We've just become so close. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, because like I said, I need my sisterhood everywhere that I go. I can yeah. go to Canada and I still get it. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's it's all around me and the the bond, just the bond, this, it was so necessary. We just naturally did it. It just happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was awesome. Oh my God. Well, we're so excited to see it. We and for everyone to see it. Like you said, this seeing this family and telling the story for television is important. So we definitely want to highlight you and the film as much as we can. In the last couple of minutes we have with you, we would love to play a little game with you. It's not necessarily rapid fire, but it kind of is. We oh. monikered it, rolling with Roland, so roll with the punches. I'm ready. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we just have a couple of questions for you. The first thing that comes to mind, just blurt it out. Ready? Okay, oh boy, oh boy. I know. This one's not so bad. But if you were not in Destiny's Child, what other girl group could you have seen yourself being a part of? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like, I only just saw the girls in my head when you asked mm-hmm. me. <laughs> I literally just saw the whole round table of independent women. That is crazy. Yes. <laughs> you guys kind of are the mic drop, though. So I get yeah. it. I get it. It's, it's hard <laughs> to compare. <laughs> when you're the archetype, who's your archetype? Oh, in Vogue, TLC. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is one of those Kelly Rowland quirks that most people don't know about? Or a pet peeve? Okay, so a pet peeve. A pet peeve of mine is um, 
let's see, dirty nails. Oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> bad. Uh. Just all around bad. Mm-mm. It's bad. I can't stand when the cuticles. Are just lotion. Lotion. Yeah, I have a lot. I hate when people send That's Queen. I know you have a lot. <laughs> I have many. I hate when people send me emails when like follow ups within like within six hours. Pet peeve. Because if you do that, I won't answer you for forty eight hours. Woo. Dang, Amir. So this is the. I didn't know about this one. This is the hack that I need to know about. You will be for me because I'm like, um, can I put an answer on? <laughs> I'm that person. <laughs> what has been the most vulnerable project you've put out to date? I, that is so funny you asked this question. I said it was the Miss Kelly project. Mm. And I also feel like that last Destiny Fulfill album was my life from front to back. Woof. What song? What song is the most vulnerable for you? Through It, through it Love. Oh. Yes. Through It Love, and then from the Miss Kelly album, I'm Still in Love with My Ex. That was mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, oh, see, we need a whole other podcast episode about this. <laughs> you got to come back, Kelly. What? <laughs> no, that was really crazy and a really crazy time. Okay, here's a fun one. It's very COVID-esque. But how did your promiscuous, in quotations, IG lives with Miss Lala Anthony during quarantine even start. I loved it. Uh-oh. I loved every second. I loved it too. <laughs> I was tuned in. Okay, what's fun? Okay, um, now my EA literally said you should bring back coffee with Kelly. You should, <laughs> please. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they were just one, we were just having these conversations and I was having these conversations with friends and the whiskey just helped bring everything out. Mm, it does <laughs> that. It tends to do that. Yes, it does. And it just became more and more fun. Yeah. yeah. Bring them back, please. <laughs> we'll be, <laughs> you'll see us pop to the top of that feed. <laughs> so because fast. it's funny, they seem so kind of vulnerable and open to you and they were for me. I'm like, yes. You guys are literally speaking a language that we all relate to. So, yes, yes please bring them back. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Okay. Kelly, oh, so this has been so much fun. Thank you. We always end every podcast episode with some iteration of this question, mm-hmm. and that is, my Black is my motivation because? My Black is my motivation because I still have stories to tell. We all have stories to tell. And within our blackness and existence of being here, we should continue to share those stories and say what those are. Beautiful, beautiful. We love this. Oh this my is God. so much fun. Thank you yeah. so much. Come back. We have so much more to chat with you about. And I oh my God. Wait. Honestly, I can't wait. I cannot wait for sure. Yes, we'll be looking forward to a coffee with Kelly though. So. <laughs> okay, bet. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was so so much much fun. Thank you for having me. Till next time. Yes, Yes, till next time. (laughs) The Table is Ours is produced by us, Kirby Dixon and Amira Lawali. This episode was also produced by McKamey Lynn and Aisha Jordan and edited by Melissa Kaplan. Our researcher is Emma Fredericks. Our executive producers are Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. The Tables Ours was created by Lifetime. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.